Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, hour number two. As you were coming back, I just heard Bart say, Oh, spit, which means something bad happened. So in the meantime, I'll take this opportunity then to bring in Mike Tannenbaum, friend of the show. Of course, it's the Mike Tannenbaum Report that we do each week, brought to you by Sansone Auto Mall, 10 top brands, over 2,000 vehicles. One place, Sansone Auto Mall in Woodbridge. Is everything okay, Bart? Squatted yesterday, man. And then you just ripped your pants. What'd you do? No, I hadn't squatted in like th- three months. I hadn't did no legs outside of like boxing and like lunges and like like with 20s in my hand. Uh-huh. It's not a great day. So you just pop something? You felt something pop? It's just tight. Well, Mike, uh, I guess Bart is not available to sign anytime soon as a I need, linebacker. I need some of them um, drink uh, supplements that Mike T's selling. What's the name of it again, Mike? I need oh, some that's more. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually now called Don't Quit, which is it's a fantastic product. All Damn, you, how natural. many times are you going to rebrand it, man? Don't you, quit. You just, listen, you need, you, need to, you need to make me – uh, a sponsor like uh, I mean how can Frank Thomas be the face of Nugenic and he ain't lost <laughs> no weight dude still fat as hell and he wear a black t-shirt on every commercial <laughs> meanwhile I'm a, I'm a guy that's in his 40s that can show y'all and I let you see that Alan I still got it son gun show you see that son yep this guy's in I'll, do the, I'll do the product I'll do the product Set well you know what I'm saying weapons on those Frank bicycles. Thomas fat as hell Hey, hey, Alan, haven't I already paid Bart enough for this lifetime? Like, so why know, stop? Yeah. So, so why stop? That's so our why? relationship. Why stop? Well, Keep speaking your of, boy up. Speaking of paid and relationships and people we know, Mike T, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this tweet from Justina Anderson that has uh, suddenly gone viral, mm-hmm. where Justina reports that she was told that Rex Ryan has interviewed for the Cowboys' vacant defensive coordinator job. That would be mm. intrigue. Mm. Yeah, you're not going to find the better, bigger fans of Rex Ryan and Bart Scott and myself. But I will say, like, if you really and look, I understand, like, with Rex and his high profile and his big personality, people are going to maybe have a view of him or not, Alan. But I would just suggest if anybody wants to criticize Rex Ryan, look at his record, look at his record on defense. You're not going to find anybody with a better record every place he coached. That defense was better after he coached it, and that's really like the mark of evaluating a coach. You know, what did they inherit, and how did they produce once they were there? You talk about going all in. Let me let me let me ask you something. Mm. You're gonna get Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan, two lockdown corners, Bland who had ten, and you got uh, Diggs coming off an of injury, and you're gonna give him a pass rusher that he can move as a chess piece. Quit playing, man. Game over. Not even fair. Not even fair. Go out, get him a middle linebacker to hold it all together. Not even fair. You can go, you can go get whatever. If you talk about being all in, you talk about not being soft. You talk about not being soft, not being disciplined, not being thugged out. Man, damn, that that wouldn't even be fair, in my opinion. You give you give a guy a brain like Rex Ryan, like usually he had one or the other, right? When he was with the Jets, he had lockdown corners, but he didn't have true natural pass rushers, right? When you go to Baltimore, he had lockdown corners, a, a generational safety, but he only had one true pass rusher in Terrell Suggs. Like, Jared Johnson was good. Adelius Thomas was more of a blitzing guy. You give him two of the most important things that a Rex Ryan defense needs, and all you need to do is tell a guy how to hold double teams and stop the run, man, that's game over. 
Game over. It would be a, it would be incredibly intriguing higher on many levels. Number one, again, like you you were you guys are both saying it, and nobody will deny it. You get one of the best defensive minds in the game in with a defense that has uh, I mean a, a ton of talent on it. But doesn't it also bring into the conversation if things aren't working out with so, Mike McCarthy, another yep. guy who's been a head coach? So, yep, Mike McCarthy. Listen, listen. But if 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 he's on that staff and that staff is successful, Mike McCarthy ain't going nowhere. Right, true. So, so it's not like no. it's not it's not like if they like they lose, then everybody's gonna get fired. It's not like they're gonna elevate Rex, you know. In my opinion, yeah. And, and like for me, um, I would say this: like I, I know there'll be the whole like what well, Mike McCarthy is you worry about it. Like Rex Ryan could go in there and save Mike McCarthy's job. That is true too. It, it's one thing. No, to I, be, it's like I said. I'm just reading through this thing right now, and and you just think about it. In Dallas, where they let you, Jerry likes to have a big splash. This seems to make a, a ton of sense. It does, but and I know Mike. I don't want to put you in an awkward position because you you know you know Rex very well, and I don't know if you know anything more than this, and that you you can't reveal. So um, we'll move into other conversations. But it's definitely something we're all watching because you know we're all we all care about him. We all love to see him back in the sport. Um, but yeah, and, I, I, and he, he has yeah. to, go ahead. no. I, I wanted you to finish the thought. Go go for it. Yeah, I would just say, like, he, he hasn't coached his last game. I, I don't know if it's going to work out this opportunity, but, you know, Rex was put on this earth to coach defense. It wasn't to, you know, blow the eight on, you know, get up every Monday morning. Even though he's good <laughs> at that, um, you know, he was put on this earth to coach, and um, he'll coach one way or the other. And, you know, I think there's so many things about him that are interesting, but, you know, maybe my favorite story about him is um, there was a corner called um, – his name was Ahmad Carroll, and yep, he was uh, a disappointing first-round pick, yeah, Batman, and he had a lot of holding calls. He was at Green Bay, and we got him. And <clears throat> the one thing he could do was he could blitz. He was a great slot blitzer. So what did Rex do? He put in the Batman blitz, and he, he, he did it for a couple of reasons. He wanted Ahmad Carroll to feel like he was part of the team. But he, he said something so insightful, guys, to me, and I think this is Rex in a nutshell, which is – by just having something called the Batman Blitz in the playbook, we're going to get great practices from him. We're going to get great buy-in from him. And when you're managing 53 men, 53 dreams and insecurities and everything that goes along with managing an NFL team, something as subtle as, hey, let's name a Blitz after a guy that was a complete bust someplace else. And look, he wasn't a difference maker on those great teams we had, but boy, did he give us help you know, in terms of practice and things like that. And those are some of the Subtle things. I'll never be in a score sheet. I'll never make the light of day. But those are some of the things that made Rex so good at his job. I love that. It's, it's a great little nugget yes. about things behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about, and it's a perfect way to explain it because, you know, again, everybody sees the the guy at the podium, but there's stuff going on behind the scenes that's those so much different. Genius. Defensive uh, genius. Well, and then there's that too. Like, like you know, let's, let's also include that part of it and the lineage. But, um, but Mike, on that same kind of front – and, and Bart and I haven't had a chance to really talk about this yet, so obviously, Bart, you know, in this conversation, I'd love to hear your take as well. Did you see the report about Mike Vrabel and why he didn't get a job and the suggestion that some people considered him too intimidating? Because obviously, as a former player, he's a big dude, got a big presence, and some people, front office ownership, might have felt like it would be difficult to work with him because of the intimidation factor. Have you ever heard of that before? And did you ever have somebody working for you that you felt intimidated by? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you a couple of guys I was. But look, you know, Rabel's a great coach and 
if you're intimidated by it, like candidly, you're in the wrong line of work. Like this is uh, a physical sport and you want smart people. And I'll tell you a couple of things. One, Bill Parcells, my first day on the job when I shook his hand, first of all, I was scared to death. I was 27 years old, had an opportunity of a lifetime. I was making $300 a week and I got a chance to have a very prominent role with Coach Parcells and Coach Belichick. And I was extremely nervous as anybody would be in that position. Mm-hmm. I was shocked how big he was. And then secondly was uh, Dan Campbell when we hired Dan to be our interim head coach in, in <laughs> Miami. Like, let me yeah. let me just tell you guys something. Do, don't ever, 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 ever be in the weight room with Dan Campbell. You will feel awful about yourself. I had <laughs> tremendously low self-esteem, and I'd walk into the weight room, and, I mean, he could go play tomorrow. And I'm like, hey, hey Dan, you know what? I'm going to go take the executive walk, you know, 30-minute <laughs> walk, steam sauna, and call it a day. So I've been around some really big men, Alan. <laughs> Tremendous! You walk into the gym, you see Dan Campbell, you're like, yeah. like oh, I'm gonna do some yoga. <laughs> like, I'm going to Planet Fitness. <laughs> yeah, going, Where's the I'm local arm? Go stretch. I'm gonna go, right. I'm gonna go stretch if you need me. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that, that that just that one blew my mind when I saw it. So I, I had to bring it up. Um, the Washington Commanders are in an interesting situation right now, aren't they? Where Ben Johnson doesn't take the job. So now instead it opens up all kinds of opportunity, which now also includes Cliff Kingsbury going there, which now as the OC, which now leads us to believe, are they all in on on Caleb Williams? And I heard the debate this morning on Get Up about all that stuff. And where are you on this? I mean, do you – you'd still have to see the Bears would have to say they don't want to draft him. Or is this an Eli Manning situation? I mean, give me both sides of this. For you're on either one of these teams, are you already starting to negotiate a okay? We'll take them, but then you trade for us, just like we did the you know again the the Philip Rivers Eli Manning thing that ended up being where he went one, but he ended up with the Giants. Yeah, look, if I'm in Chicago, I'm going to make this a quick conversation, which is like we're drafting Caleb Williams, and if the phone rings, we're not picking it up. So, um, look, he he's not perfect. He was sacked 83 times, like. You know, none of them are. You know, they all have you know different things they have to work on. But um, he's a tremendous talent. And if I'm Washington, you know, the natural connections, Cliff Kingsbury's there. He's from the D.C. area. That's you know, that's home for him. You know, I mean, what a tremendous way to try to reinvigorate your fan base with someone like him. I just don't know why Chicago would make that trade, guys. Yeah, me either. Especially because they have plenty of draft equity from the deals that they made last year. And you know, they passed on Patrick Mahomes. They passed you know, on C.J. Stroud. And at some point, they they have to want the the number one guy. But I guess with the, the you know, the report to that or the belief that they hired um, Kingsbury, if they don't get him, then what's Kingsbury's um, um, value to the squad, if that's the case? Because it's his system, and, he, well, and, and yeah, and obviously Williams comes in with knowledge of that you want, system, intimate yeah, knowledge. Because, because the last time we seen it, you worked with a guy like this, uh, with Ryan Tannehill, the reason why Ryan Tannehill had such success coming straight from um, college is because they hired his head coach as the offensive coordinator, and it was a seamless transition because he already knew the nuance of the system and being able to, you know, make the adjustments at a high level. Right. Well, look. I mean, you hope that you're signing Cliff Kingsbury to be your OC for reasons beyond like one one transaction. Um, I don't. I would hope to think they just didn't do it just to say, hey, we can make Taylor Williams more attractive. You know, like I, I don't think that would be the case. Hopefully not. But, you know, Cliff has his own track record, so we'll see how that plays out. But I can't imagine you're just 
you know, sign Cliff Kingsbury and say, hey, we're going to now get Caleb uh, Williams. Well, it's, what's crazy is my, the fact that Cliff Kingsbury, you know, took his name out of the running for um, the Raiders job, which I felt like he would have had a better chance. Well, didn't he almost – I thought he had like a verbal agreement, right? Wasn't he close to taking yeah. the job? And then all of a sudden it flipped. He backed, he backed out and he when, became – When Dan Quinn became the coach in, in Washington, then all of a sudden it was like, wait, let, let's get this guy and that gives us a better chance to get Caleb Williams. Right, because in my opinion yeah, – yeah, no, I, I will say, guys, like I've been on the other end of those transactions for twenty plus years. Like that was extremely unusual. Hmm. I can't tell you how many times like you reach agreement in principle with a coach and say, "All right, like you know, this time of year everyone's busy. You know, your general counsel's busy. You know, they're traveling, whatever. I mean, there could be you know five to seven days from the time you handshake it until the time you get a deal signed. What happened with him and Vegas is extremely, extremely rare. Hmm. Yeah, because in my opinion, like. If he wants to be a head coach again, well, Antonio Pierce doesn't have any experience. He's probably not going to command a big time salary. I know they, you know, you would think Dan Campbell will have a longer um, runway than Antonio Pierce. So, you know, I just thought, you know, that was the better better gig. But you know, the byproduct of all this, whether we're going to talk about from the Bears' standpoint or the Commanders' um, standpoint. It's a it's a talented young player there in Justin Fields that's a deal has to be made. So if you're yeah if you're drafting if you're, this kid, if you're you got to trade Justin yeah, Fields. Yeah. What 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 kind of what kind of conversations are you having um, if you're a team that needs a quarterback like maybe Tampa, like you know potentially you know some of these other teams that can Atlanta. Uh, and maybe your guy falls out of you. You're in the top ten, and you know you only think that it's three great players there, and they can go one, two, three. Um, and you're the guy, you're the, you're the team sitting at four, and you want a good quarterback that you can think you can build around. Like, what kind of conversations are you having with Chicago, and what 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 is Phil's real value, far from draft equity capital? Yeah, I think Fields to me at the end of the day, just to cut through a part, I think he winds up in Atlanta or Pittsburgh. I think it's for two. And I think if I'm Chicago, I take Caleb Williams and move on. And I think, you know, with Arthur Smith uh, in Pittsburgh, that makes sense. And I think in Atlanta, it's a homecoming. And obviously, they need a quarterback. So I think at the end of the day, Pittsburgh, Atlanta for two really makes sense. And I think, guys, like, we go back a year ago, all this stuff happened at the combine. So I think it will happen sooner than later. Mm, no, that's interesting too. That that certainly is coming up here. We have a Super Bowl though that we haven't talked about yet, Mike. I mean, that is certainly, um, oh, you know, the, the yeah. Don't forget about that part of it. it is, oh, we're talking about you know Bart, we're talking about Bart's pain. We're talking about Bart's suffering. I mean, there are priorities here, <laughs> as as usual. Roscoe Jenkins, team and me, and and Bart wanting to get paid to endorse more products. Um, is the is the bigger story in this game? Mahomes is like like to me. I, look, Taylor Swift is a big story. We all know that. That's on the outside. I'm talking about though the result of this game is the Patrick Mahomes legacy story. The biggest headline for you for this game. Win it if he wins one, boy, he's suddenly now in that conversation. And can he get more? And if if he loses, it's sort of kind of like it, it might draw us back to how hard it is to win as many as Tom Brady did. But one way or another, I think. We'll be talking about Patrick Mahomes after this game. Yeah, I actually think the bigger story, candidly, is you know I think the window is really uh, closing in on Kyle Shanahan. And yes. Here's why. Look, really? we, we could debate all. We, yeah. Well, here's why. Because look, we could debate till the cows come home. Like 
is Brock Purdy an A or a B, but he's going to make at least $40 million, right? So that's a $40 million increase to their payroll. So what's going to happen is guys like Brandon Nagy, they're going to graduate, probably George Kittle. They're not going to be able to trade for players like Christian McCaffrey or Chase Young. And, like, this may be their best chance to win for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that that that's my story too because well, you said that about I, I Purdy. I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with Chase Young because he is, looks horrible against the run. He's getting put on his backside, and they gave up a first round draft pick for him, kind of to go all in. You know, next year if they decide to say we're going to pay Chase Young, they they can have annually over ninety million dollars on a defensive line that really hasn't given them much in the playoffs. So, at what point do we start calling Kyle Shanahan like Dan Reeves? It's fair. You know, I think this will be, you know, something that, look, they have a good chance to win. They're, they're obviously favored in this game. I, I, can't, I personally think Kansas City is going to win. That's crazy. But, um, yeah, I just think when, when you think about guys like the built-in uh, advantage they have, they have a 40 to $50 million advantage, and they've done a great job of getting McCaffrey, getting Chase Young, getting, you know, those sort of players. That's going to go away. It's just math. And, they're going to pay Brock Purdy, and it's going to take away from multiple players. And, look, I don't think Detroit's far away. I don't think Green Bay's far away. Philly was in the Super Bowl last year, and I think it's going to be a competitive you know, game, obviously, on Sunday. But I think if you said to me, you know, Kansas City has the youngest defense in the NFL. So I think Kansas City's window is much more open than San Fran's. All right. When we, when we close this conversation, we have to go where we were before we brought you into the show, Mike. And that is Bart saying this ridiculous statement, which I know okay. it's shocking, but this is today's ridiculous statement, which is the uniforms of college teams like Penn State and Alabama are, in his words, and I'm quoting him, wacky D, because they're, they're boring only two colors, and he feels like that. Like, he even went as far as to say Notre Dame. Uh, has like they're not you know like when I said it's a classic it's a they're not top ten no he's he's throwing that out the window as well so I want to know from you and all your football experience do you view those those uniforms not the schools not the program we're not talking about we're just talking about the look do you view them as quote unquote wacky D that's not the first term I would use it probably would have been the second or third term I would say more (laughs) traditional as the first word that came out. But well, that's a, that's another way of saying boring. No, right? it's that's not. That's like a political suit with the blue tie, with the with the pink tie, with the blue suit and the white shirt. What I, all I'm saying is, when you have a third color, like like okay, Indiana, hmm. like or hmm. Alabama, hmm. right? They they, they 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 just it's nothing you can do with the colorways. You either got white with the with the with the numbers, but when you take a team with the same colors, like Ohio State, and you add just a little silver, it gives you so much more flexibility. Like I always thought the Giants. And the Patriots, because they can go with the red, white, and blue, but they can add the gray in there. They can go white on white, and they can pipe it with different colors. Is was was always had like the better better uniforms. We we can't even go with Oregon. Oregon's a whole nother level of stuff. Well, they just throw all kinds of colors in there at that point. But so, Mike, you don't view this as, as classic looks. You 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 agree with Bart? Then you think they well, need well, a little splash? I, 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 I like the traditional, but I do think having like. An alternative uniform once or twice a year is a good way to keep things in well, Alternative you know, uniform. Keep, yeah, yeah alternative color. It's like you have your home in a way, but then you can you can do so much more stuff hmm. when you got a third color. All right. Well, you're both wrong. I'm going to leave it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, give me a prediction. What are you expecting on Sunday? Uh, 31-21 Kansas City Chiefs. 31? Well, okay. So they're going to put 31 on that defense. Yeah, Mike, I, I, like I ran it. it. <laughs> 
No, I ran into that defense hasn't played great. I ran into your guy, Mike, too, from um, Open Cadillac, and he showed me some pictures of you going camping, being a being a girl dad, you know, back in the day. With oh, Ella. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got you got you got to go buy Cadillac. That's a good place. So that's yeah. A, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's he didn't mention that. He said he says hello. Okay. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm telling him I need a Mike Tannenbaum discount though because I ain't paying regular price. I ain't paying H, H, regular APR. Wait, wait, you get a thousand dollars off when we go to Sansone. Sansone, yeah, right. But I don't know if Sansone got Cadillac. You know what I'm but saying? But why do you? Well, it's an auto mall. They might have all different brands. But but the fact that that you because Mike's like, sporting the Audi right now. He got the Audi. But you want to get a discount where you already get one somewhere else. Yeah, but they You're don't sell. They, for, they don't always sell, looking listen, for a discount. You. They don't sell the car. Well, that's what life's all about. Having friends, network. It's not about your network. It's about your network. I like that, Mike. Mike, good talking to you. Thanks so much for the time, as always. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. All right, the Mike Tannenbaum report, brought to you by Sansone Auto Mall. By the way, Bart, make mm. your best deal right now at Sansone Auto Mall, and tell them Bart Scott sent you mm. there. I'm trying to get a discount right now. Sansone. Take an extra thousand dollars off your best deal. What Call one eight hundred Sansone. Today, I want a Hellcat. I want a Hellcat Durango, baby. You'll get nothing like it. I want. I want a Hellcat on all four wheel drive. Put it to the road. <laughs> I let your boy Sansone. <laughs> you are out of your mind. Eight hundred nine three seven seven six. We have calls to get to, and also you know what's coming up next. That is audio file. Stay with us. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Deuce Sports Desk. So the Giants have a big decision to make this offseason when it comes to Saquon Barkley. What to do? Yesterday on the K-Show, Michael had some ideas. This is the year the Giants have to make the playoffs again. They have to make a move. They can't finish under 500. So you're a little uncertain about your quarterback. Don't you need Saquon Barkley? So he made $10 million last year. And if you franchise for the second time, then it'll make 12.5. That's still $3.5 million less than what McCaffrey makes. So it's not like he's getting an exorbitant amount of money. Why wouldn't you keep him on the franchise tag? He's a damn good player, a good representative of the Giants. And if you franchise tag him for $12.5 million, what's the big deal? What what are you going to get that's better than him? And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew. Or try the brand new Tullamore Dew Honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up at 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show. And it's only here on 98.7 FM. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Barton Han, Alan Han, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN. The Michael K. Show will be live from UBS Arena tomorrow before the Islanders take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's going to be a great game, by the way. Doors will open at 5 p.m., so a little bit earlier because that's a later start. That's the ESPN vehicle. So doors open at 5 for fans to catch the K-Show before the games. You can come in and hang out with the guys. But more importantly, giving away eight pairs of lower bowl tickets. So premium seating. And you get a pair of premium club seats at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app that you should already have on your phone. Just scroll down to contest, submit your entry. It's brought to you by the New York Islanders. Join the New York Islanders for some fun in February. Take advantage of special ticket pricing for upcoming home games at UBS Arena and be there for every thrilling matchup. Get your tickets today at newyorkislanders.com slash feb. You got that, Bart? newyorkislanders.com slash feb. With the red unis. They don't have red, but they do have orange, blue, and then white. Orange, blue. Orange and blue. Like the Knicks and the Mets. That's like a, a thing. They have an orange York. color? You, yes. I thought it was red. The Islanders? Oh, not the Islanders. Okay. The Rangers. Oh, are yeah, red. Rangers, Rangers. I'm tripping. Okay. Yeah, Islanders, three colors. They look, the Knicks, yes. perfect well, example. I mean, it's orange and colors. blue. It's just everybody has white because it's, you no. know, it's like usually what you wear at home. Notre Dame don't have white. Notre Dame does have white. Where? What are you talking about? They have oh. white. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that? Hmm. So okay. everything has to have white. It's mandatory. Yes. This yeah. is America. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bart Scott, it's time for us to step aside and let the headline makers <laughs> do the talking in this segment we like to call Audio The Audio Files. Oh, what do we have for you in audio files? We have Ian Begley, if you missed it at the beginning of the show. We had him come on and just give us the update, latest that he has heard and seen about Jalen Brunson, who injured his ankle last night in the fourth quarter of a game that was a blowout, then all of a sudden wasn't. The Knicks did hold on to win, but he left the game with about five minutes to go, and everybody held their breath at what could be another Knicks injury 
while they have been rolling. So, Bagels, how is he feeling? Jalen, saw him walking outside, out of the garden, not limping noticeably, kind of walking slowly. Josh Hart, too, no limp. So they look good visibly. And I also checked around, and the aftermath of that ankle injury, I was told that it seemed like he avoided any, avoided anything serious, any significant ankle sprain. That was the read on it last night. Obviously, you guys know a lot depends on how you wake up the next day and how you feel. But that initial thought was that, you know, maybe he'll miss uh, days, not going to miss weeks. So it seems like they dodged a significant ankle injury there with Jalen Brunson. I mean, you'll take that prognosis, right, Bart? But is mm-hmm. he right that the next day you could feel it more than you do that night? Well, when I looked at it, the thing thing is he didn't step on somebody's foot, so it's not overstretching, right? Once it when the ground stops the severity of the stretch, right? When you step on somebody's foot, you have farther to go. So Good instead point. of 180, you can go like 240, right? Instead of, he just re- really just went to the side and the ground stopped it for continued rolling. So that's a good thing. You know, I would be more concerned about Middleton who jumped up and landed on yes. uh, on KD's foot. You know, mm-hmm. those, those are the ones that are more severe because it's also weight and more force coming down. So I don't think it was a lot of force when he rolled it, it just rolled over. I think he'll be fine. You hope so. All right, yeah. Chris Middleton, by the way, Bart is referencing uh, as the Bucks lost again. By the way, um, they didn't have he, anybody. He, he rolled. They they lost to the Suns, but he rolled his ankle uh, stepping on Kevin Durant's foot, and soon and they already were out. Damon Lillard, he didn't play and uh, in the game. Meanwhile, last night also in Brooklyn, you had the Dallas Mavericks who beat the Nets 119-107, and Kyrie Irving and Luka both played in that game, which is a rarity, as we know, for, for, for Dallas. But when they play together, they're very good. And Kyrie went for 36 in the win and, of course, afterwards talked about his return to Brooklyn. Yeah, just like any other basketball game. But it felt like being back – it felt like I was home tonight, getting here early, warming up, just getting a good sense of the, the rims and the atmosphere, what it was going to be like, and just mentally preparing myself for the game and just letting game come to me and allowing uh, the basketball guys to do the rest. Just try to get as much sleep yesterday and uh, come in with an open heart, open mind to see a lot of my friends and family that I've made here and uh, put on a great show for them. Does it bother you at all that that, that he just is so like matter-of-fact about his time in Brooklyn, which was incredibly celebrated when he went there, and he made a big deal about wanting to play for a team that he grew up rooting for. He's a New Jersey guy, and... Yet, like his his time there is an absolute abomination of frustration, of embarrassment, of like. And in between, there were moments of brilliance on the court. But like, honestly, Bart, like, it's, it does it does it bother you at all that he is so like? Yeah, everything's great. Like these people look at him like, man, you. Like, this was a disaster. You, bro- you when broke you our here. heart, man. And look at the team we have now. You made James Harden beg to be traded away. Like we don't know what this team is, man. Like. <laughs> You talk about a team that got to take a, a, a big look in the mirror. Yeah, they doing lost during this during this time. And Bond, I don't know how Bond survives this. The, hmm? the, the Nets have lost fifteen of twenty. Yeah, I don't know I mean, how they're Bond. ten games under five hundred now. Like it's that's rough. How do you not start selling off pieces, bro? Well, we'll see what they do over the next couple of days. Uh, but how about this? So a, a fan interaction was caught courtside, where a, a fan just let him know because there's you know Kyrie was cooking like he normally does and. You know, having a fun time, as usual, at the expense uh, of the Nets. 
and a fan had had enough and asked him a question that I think a lot of people wanted to ask him. And wait till you, you have to listen carefully at his answer. Kyrie, why don't play like this when you were on the desk? Why, Kyrie? Thank Mayor Adams for that, bro. Did you hear what he said? Thanks, Mayor Adams, for that. Remember, it was it was uh, it was the the mayor who yeah, wouldn't let him play in home games because and they thought of they were going to bail it out. Yeah, because of the vaccination rule. But they thought they were going to bail him out because they were big supporters of Mayor Adams and his um, election. Right. The Nets had a, a connection with him, right? And he turned. So his he back. blamed he blamed the mayor for why he couldn't play, which you know. But you hear the little kid. Yeah, why not? You can tell that David Bembry was dad. I mean, there's a lot of frustration. Wait, not Kyrie. So you Kyrie, heard my dad. Kyrie and Luca will be at the Garden on Thursday to play I, I, that I, game, which is on which is on TNT. And can yeah. you imagine if they don't have Brunson in this game as well? And you're yeah, like, Kyrie like, gonna cook. Like, of course he is. The crazy thing is, man, he'll put like, on a show and it'll be the same thing, and it's it's insufferable if you ask Luke, me. Luca, man, with this Sasha Vujicic's like little headband, it's getting on my nerves, man. I it's I just want to rip it off his head. Have you seen a player gain weight during the season? Have I asked you that before? <laughs> yeah, Kyle Lowry. Carl <laughs> <laughs> right, Kyle Lowry. They're going to be announcing him coming in. Yeah, now coming into the game, um, Elamine. Like, no, hold on, hold on. I no damn Elamine. Uh, one more basketball thing, by the way. Um, last night was, a, uh, before the injury, of course, was a celebration. Mike Breen and Walt Frazier, 25 years together on the TV booth. And, you know, like it was just a cool thing uh, to, to see. And the, the crowd celebrated them. The players brought over jerseys that they all signed and everything else. And, you know, it was very special. And the Michael K Show had the guys on to talk about the anniversary. And Mike Breen and, and Clyde were talking about memorable moments that stand out in those years. For me, not necessarily. the. I mean, there obviously a lot of fun games, exciting games. But for me, the, the highlights have always been when Clyde talks about the championship years. You know, as a kid, that's how I learned to love the game. And when he talks about his relationship with his teammates and the bond that they still have and how they were so connected despite coming from such diverse backgrounds, uh, I, I could listen to him talk about those days forever because they were special to me as a kid. And, and to, you know, now kind of feel like you're you're a part of it by listening to him tell the stories. Uh, those are the things I don't forget. They done. Someone was asking us, have we ever had an altercation? We oh. could not recall one altercation in 25 years. Not That's- one on-air problem that we ever had. That's true, too. I mean, it's, it's incredible how long they've been together. But, you know, you hear this stuff, Bar, right? Like, people get on each other's nerves. You don't ever get on my nerves. You never get on my nerves. No. Well, you'd have to care. Yes, for me to get on your nerves. That's a level of respect that we have for each other, man. We just, we were made to be you know besties. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, but also but some, like some I saw people you just with, have that. Yeah, I saw you with Bill Bradley the other day too, man. Oh, as they were night. celebrating him and his what book. A, I, I want to get something. Actually, I'll send it to Tom. There, there's something that he says that I know will resonate with you. Uh, at the end of my interview, our interview, me, me, Kenny Albert and I, uh, at the end of the interview, that he says that I think would resonate with you. So I, I failed to send that to Tom, but I'll, I'll get it to him before the end of the show. Uh, meanwhile, um, on the football side of things, of course, like I keep saying, by the way, there's a Super Bowl. And in this Super Bowl, there's two quarterbacks that are from very different, obviously, the incredible different spectrums, right? One is Patrick Mahomes, who's looking for legendary status if he wins yet another Super Bowl. The other one is Brock Purdy, the the undrafted, the, the undrafted, the, uh, the Mr. Irrelevant, the last player drafted, I should say, and yet emerged as the the player who fit the best for them. And so let's start with Brock Purdy because 
people have said that he's a game manager like it's a bad thing, and so here's what he thinks of that. It can be a compliment at, at times where it's like, all right, you got a guy that can come in and, and run the system well. I feel like that's a compliment. You know, you're doing things right mentally, and, and obviously you're good enough to be able to hit guys that are open and make plays. You know, there's 32 teams in the NFL, and there's not a lot of people that can – come in and play the quarterback position well in the NFL it's a hard it's a hard job so if you're saying that I'm a game manager and I I don't look flashy in how I do it I mean that's your opinion and that's okay and at the end of the day I want to do what it takes to help my team win and so I think winning at the end of the day in the NFL is probably the biggest and most important thing isn't it the best stat right isn't isn't the best stat is your win and the quarterback is the one who owns the wins and losses just like the coach but you heard you heard Tannenbaum though yeah, when you have to pay him, I know. I, I Look, you keep bringing that up, but let's enjoy the moment right now. And let's enjoy this. So of all the things that's being said about Brock Purdy, I wonder what you think of this one. Someone on social media said, I figured out who Brock Purdy looks like. <laughs> they said it was Lee Harvey Os- Oswald. Nah. Now, you know, you know, he's, again, inf- infamously known as the one who allegedly, well, I don't know if it's allegedly, they was... Mm. I guess there are. It's still conspiracies, but still. Shot John F. Kennedy. Yep. He doesn't look like him. Like, so, uh, we well, did if you put them side by side, it, it is kind of freaky. So, yeah. anyways. We did, Purdy, we did this before. Purdy was asked about it. Oh, of you and Lee Harvey Oswald circling around the internet right now. People think you two look alike. Did you ever hear that before? I haven't. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, Physical comparison. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so what do you think of that comparison? The physical comparison. Yeah, he don't even know who Lee Harvey Oswald is. Probably somebody had to tell him. I but I'm telling you, like they didn't. They did I mean, this already. A president. No, they did this already, right? He looks like John Harbaugh. Looks like his son. Remember, what? I showed you the side by side picture. They had half of his face and half his face. I don't they remember that. Like, yeah, show I did me that this later. two weeks ago. All right, show me that later because I don't remember that. You might have shown that to one of your other white friends. <laughs> Only have one white friend. <laughs> wow. All right, that. Hang on a second. <laughs> Just got emotional. Uh, and then, uh, then we have this from Patrick Mahomes. Not about his dad. Not about Taylor Swift. Not even about Tom Brady. No, this is about him and his. Lack of core. His lack of a six-pack. I have a six-pack. It's just under the dad bod. So it's just, if you, if you feel, I mean, there might be some skin there, but then underneath that, the six-pack's there. You just got to get real close, and you got to squint a little bit, and I think you'll see it. I don't think you're going to squint. But but you know. You got to just press yeah. really hard. Because, like, don't we all do that where it's like, all right, you tighten up your abs, and then you just push against the blubber, and you're like, no, there it is. It's there. It's yeah. just really, really far down. But here, here, here's the thing, though, about like when the league loves you, opposed to um, when you're somebody hated. Nobody asked him about his dad, right? Nobody went there. But you know, you think about some of the other guys that had to go there. They get asked all these crazy questions. Especially, no, no, he was asked about his dad. Oh, he, he absolutely was. was. Oh, 100 percent. Okay. He just said it was. It's a family matter, and he said that he's he's doing okay now. Like that, his father was doing okay now, but he said it's a family matter. He's going to leave it, leave it there. But he, he didn't. No, he was definitely asked about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't as if he was. Uh, like, will your dad avoided. be at the game? Yeah. No, it was definitely brought up. But still, the other stuff though gets fun, and that was kind of funny. So, thought we'd go there. All right, check you know, when you get a chance. Check oh, the uh, the thing. Did you actually see. put something on the group chat? That might be yeah. the first time. Because I was trying to ever... tell you that we've discussed this before. 
Um, and he looks way more like you know John what? Harbaugh than he does. You know what? Else. Looks like you, his son. That's pretty close. You're right. And they did the face side by side where they put half his face on one side and the other. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Oh, I see that one with the half face. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's freaky. See? Okay. I told you it's what I do, man. Uh, you, you're, you're very good at that, of who he looked like. That is definitely something you do. And what we do is audio files. 800-919-3776. We'll continue with your call. Stay with us. Bart Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. So, Bart, here. Let's just take a moment. I want you to listen to this. This is the end of so Kenny Albert and I interviewed Senator Bill Bradley, mm-hmm. the Hall of Famer, the former, the great Nick, won two championships there, who's doing um, – he has out now on Max um, a one-man show that he does. It's basically a documentary about his life and experiences, and uh, it's called Rolling Along. Like and so Mike we Tyson. had him on to promote it. it. Yeah, it's very similar to that. And um, w- one of the things I asked him about was just you know his Knicks teams and you know his motivation to do what he's doing and to talk about all this stuff. And this really resonated with me of what he said, so I want you to hear it. Given the division in our society now, that we could learn a lot from the success of the Nick teams. I mean, you know, take responsibility for yourself. Respect your fellow human being. Disagree with them openly, honestly, civilly. Enjoy their humanity and never look down on people you don't understand. That typified our Nick team, and that, I think, is America at its best. America at its best. And that's why I always say it's sports to me, is like the great example of what society could be when it comes to the idea of teamwork and people from different backgrounds that yep. you know can find each other and find chemistry mm-hmm. without ever knowing. Like if you had just met on the street, you would know that you could connect in that kind of a way and to do something together that would be considered a great success. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, and that's, that's the tough part, right, when you consider, you know, in a sports atmosphere the goal is to win mm-hmm. and politics or the world the goal isn't to win together it's to win separately because it's not a team it's almost it's, like to be right it, yeah, it's, else. yeah i'd it's, rather be it's, right it's republican versus democrat right yes. it's not one team it's not you know working for the for the american people it's like okay we want to win and we don't want to give you any wins because if we let you win then it makes us look like a loser and we don't want to give you the credit. We want the credit for anything that positive that happens. As long as you have that type of mindset, we'll never have what we are able to get in sports, right? When people are, are afraid to reach across the aisle so true. and say, this is what's for the betterment of humanity, which is who we're supposed to be trying to make life better for, the future. You know, we're, we're, we're the the stakeholders, but it's temporary, right? Because at some point we all get older, we all move, and it affects our children. So that you know that's great what, what what Senator Bradley said but it's hard to accomplish because it's two teams not one well that's when it comes to the party system you're talking about but i yeah. think it, you know that that's the politics side of it but in in just you know in, in society trying to truly understand try to trying to truly understand is everybody's trying to get a win for their side do you really feel like it, it's amazing and I, you said that because I never really thought about it. We always think about society. We always just like, you know, you, you could be at a mall. You could be at a supermarket. You could be anywhere. You could be at a game and or on the subway. 
and it's all people from different walks of life, right? And we're all mm-hmm. kind of trying to do the same thing, whether it's we're trying to buy groceries for our family, we're trying to mm-hmm. uh, you know, get to work, you know, those kind of things. We all do the same thing. And yet you said something that I don't really think about. It's amazing that are we really now more galvanized, like div- divided more than ever mm-hmm. by just simply red or blue? Like yeah. what? Like what? Like I can't talk to you if you support this. And it's blind. It's blind too. It's like blind faith. Like, but hear what he said. He said, he, which I thought again, this is important. Disagree openly, honestly, right. and civilly. That's right. the most important right. part because we get a lot of people are not. They don't have no problem disagreeing openly. Yeah. Right. I don't know about honestly, but not but openly, yes. The problem right. is, is that the civilly part we never can get it. The emotions get too yep. raw. And we can never have a conversation because we don't allow ourselves to eat, to listen or at least accept that. Okay, well, that's how you feel. And you're, like you and I doing the whole Jersey thing. Yeah, I think you're wrong, but it doesn't mean that like I can't talk to you about it. Right? Like you're mad? Like we can't talk anymore? Like I get mad at my mom all the time. Like we we disagree on stuff and the way she sees things and ways I see things. Yep. Remember, it's a generational gap. That's it's a right. gender gap. Yep. Right? All that. But at the end of the day, I, ne- I never get to the point where I'm upset with my mom, where I don't want to talk to her. Like I can't talk to you today. But that's how that's how things happen when you, when, you, when you're discussing things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, okay, well, and it's like <laughs> we get nothing accomplished in this country, right? You're that's like, what it feels like. It's like it's like okay, we're, when we're, you get we're in, running on ice all the yeah, time. When, yeah, when you get in, we're going to block everything you do and use everything within our power until you get in, and then yep. we'll block as much as we can, and we'll undo mm-hmm. everything that you did. Yeah, it's like, well, and it's always someone else's fault. Right. It's it, never there's no accountability. It's always someone else's fault. Like nothing gets done because of this. Yeah. And that and those things that do get done, you know, is also because of of, of something else. It's 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 unbelievable. But I just want to repeat it again. This is what the senator said. Yeah. And, and th- these are just tenets of life. Just think about this for a minute. How how hard is it to just do these things? Take responsibility mm-hmm. for yourself. When you're an athlete on a team, that's definitely something that you have to do, right? Like yeah. I got to do my job. I've got to be prepared. I got to work out. I've got to be, do what you take responsibility for yourself. If I if I fail, it's on me. Respect your fellow human being. That's your teammates. Respect them as well. What they have to do, their job, what they have to accomplish. Disagree openly, honestly, and civilly. Enjoy the humanity. You know that's the other part of it, Bart. That's what we do every day, don't we? We take calls from different people from different walks of life, and we have fun with everybody. Right, we do. We just we have fun with everybody, mm-hmm. all the different backgrounds that we have. We, we, you know, you're curious about certain things that you don't know about. I'm curious about things that I don't know about. I still find myself like trying to figure out Black Twitter. You have helped me with it, and mm-hmm. I love it because it's just a whole other world that I never knew about. That is fascinating to me, and I'm seeing your world from your perspective. Right, boring. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand. I, 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 it's not as exciting. But okay. not at all, man. <laughs> not at all. Uh, never look down on people you don't understand. I think that is to me resonates more than anything. Isn't that something that we do? I don't know what you're about. I don't know your culture. Why do you do? You know, this is the Archie Bunker thing. Why do mm-hmm. you people do that? Right. Like, so I look down on it because it doesn't make sense to me. So right away, it's like that's weird. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. But I don't, don't look down on it. Just understand it. That's just what that's what they do. That's their culture. Right. And understand it. Maybe that once you understand it, it. Okay, that's you may what not they agree do. with you. You yeah. don't have to incorporate it in your life, but, but it don't mean that you look down to them or, or, or think that they're something's wrong with them because they have a different. That's what makes the world so great. 
that it should, everybody anyway. has a different a different perspective, a different way of thinking. And you can learn how to accept what you can accept. And you don't have to be around what you don't want to be around. Like people say, hey, we don't turn, we don't listen to this show to talk about politics. Okay, well then, you, it's plenty of shows for you to find. Right. It's fine. Right. It's, like nobody's right. accepted 100% from, from, from everybody. No. That no. would be Look, boring too. I always say this to my kids. Don't worry about that nobody, li- that, that a lot of people don't like you. You don't like everybody. Right. Like you don't like everybody. Why does everybody have to like you? It's just the way it is. So if you want to listen to terrible takes and you know fans just screaming about dumb stuff, there's another dial. There's another station down the dial. If you want to listen to what we have to say and have some fun with us and not not take life so seriously, that's what we're here for. And you know what's next? The Power Hour. Stay with us. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. So yesterday on the K Show, the guys were talking with Justin Pugh about his career. By some of his answers, though, Pugh gave some insight to Don about how Joe Shane goes about his business. Joe Shane is all business. He's not getting caught up in any of the what you mean to the franchise and with the kind of guy you are. He's all about the dollars. Everything Justin told you, forget about thinking they're going to be rebuilding, do Barkley a favor, becoming a free agent, not putting the franchise tag on him. Listening to Justin Pugh, I'm convinced now the reason the Giants are not giving him the franchise tag is because they don't believe Saquon Barkley's worth. million. And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew, because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey. During tonight's action, glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up at 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.